Hello and welcome to Yaf Podcast, the yet another Final Fantasy podcast where I go through each Final Fantasy game and play it section by section and record a podcast about it. Um, today this is episode 10 of season 2, that means that we're playing Final Fantasy 2 and we are on the 10th mission. The 10th mission I believe is called Mission to the Mycidian Tower or Mycidian. I'll have to figure out how it's pronounced one day. The tower is interesting. First of all, we start with a really awesome cutscene. Let's recap the last episode. Let's do that real quick. In the last episode, there was the mission to Mycidia, and during the mission to Mycidia, we had to basically obtain all the items that we needed to enter the Mycidian tower. That included a white mask, I think black mask, and the crystal rod from the Mycidian cave. So obtaining, obtaining all those things allowed uh, allows us to go into the Mycidian tower. Now the Mycidian tower is a tower on an island surrounded by like a circle of mountains with like a single small opening where you can take your uh, boats through. And as you take your boat through there, well, the Game Boy version gets a really awesome cutscene of the ship being slowly swallowed up by the sea. And you find out you were swallowed up by the Leviathan. What's a Leviathan? Well, Leviathan, I guess from, what do you call it, from like regular mythology or whatever, is like a giant serpent, I believe. It's an aquatic beast. That's what it is. It's a, it's a beast. It's a huge monster that roams the oceans. And whenever you hold the crystal rod, it activates this this monster or it wakes up the Leviathan, I guess. And the Leviathan is prompted to eat you. Now, it's kind of funny because the stomach of the Leviathan basically looks like a really, uh, I don't know, it, lo- it looks like a cave. It's it's a cave crawler. I guess there was not no really better way of, of doing this in 2D. But yeah, you're inside of the, the monster's stomach. And what's kind of cool is that you meet other people that have gone on this journey. You meet a... Uh, you meet pe- people that were on a boat that got swallowed up, and they have beds set up. They have they basically have an entire small village set up in the bowels of this beast. It's just it's I don't know. It's kind of funny. The funny th- funnier thing, or I guess kind of disgusting thing, is that there are tiles that are supposed to be like stomach acid. So when you walk through them, it burns you and takes away some of your health and so you're like oh yeah like this is a little village in the bowels of the leviathan with a lake of acid that they're all sitting around and eating like it's bizarre the entrances and exits of the leviathan cave levels are also weird in the game boy version because it's like an orifice that opens and close i guess it's open and when you walk through it it snaps shut behind you uh, it's it's bizarre i don't think there's a better way of saying that but Leviathan is really important. First of all, you are playing with three characters at this point, not four. Who did we have in the in, in that mission? We did the My City. Okay, we did it with Layla, and Layla got lost in the. That's right. Yeah. So when the, when the boat got swallowed up, Layla got separated from us, and so now we are a three person, three character team. Few thoughts on that. First of all, the three-character team is much more reminiscent of, like, Final Fantasy VII and onward. I think more of the modern style of Final Fantasies default to three characters per team. I'm thinking about, yeah, Final Fantasy VII was three characters. I believe eight was three characters as well. Ten was for sure three characters, right? Thirteen, you had two characters. So actually, it's not every single one. But the three characters felt a little bit more balanced. I felt like, all right, well, I have an attacker, which is Firion. I have Guy, who is like a tank, but also a heavy-duty attacker. and He does it all. I don't know how, but he does it all. And then we have Maria, who 
first of all casts like protective spells and then she casts offensive stuff and so you you have a pretty good balance when you're in the bowels of the leviathan you run into ricard uh ricard is the last remaining dragoon ever you can talk to him about it and he'll eventually join your team as you search for the ultima tome and he's kind of cool he he has like really low health but he wields a spear and so he's like very fast and very powerful but he's a kind of a glass cannon it takes a little while to level up his hp to a more substantial amount right now with my team guy has almost 4000 hp and this is after this mission which is incredible right i have ferian who has almost 2000 hp and maria who has like 1700 hp so any big badass monster that throws like a thousand fifteen hundred attack on me can't one hit ko me on the first turn and any monster can throw like a thousand hp attack whatever can't kill me within a single turn either right most of the time it, it has to take at least two turns on a single character without missing and without dying so that gave me gave me an advantage except for the fact that ricard so ricard starts with a 500 hp you got him equipped you go with him he is useful and handy and he goes with you and you pick up a bunch of cool stuff and loot and i kind of want to mention this before we get to the tower of mycidia oh yeah so i guess at the end of the leviathan there is a way i don't really understand it you find fight against the round worm you find a fight against the round worm which is an actual worm um and it's blocking access to a boat once you get in the boat you can safely get to the tower of mycidia and so this is why i kind of wanted to mention this mention this here and it's that looting is not as profitable anymore my i have like at the end of this mission i had three hundred and fifty thousand gil more money than i needed i got i literally stocked up on max cottages phoenix downs potions high potions and ethers and i'm about to start stocking up on like infinity of elixirs it's just a little bit ridiculous at this time part of the game but more importantly and i mentioned it before there's so many random encounters that sometimes it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel worthwhile to explore and i think i mentioned this in the last no i didn't mention this in the last episode but in this episode it was very you could really feel yourself staying away from exploring the areas so once you get to the tower of mycidia you know it's time to go through all the 10 floors 10 floors each floor is different which is kind of cool each floor has a little bit of a theme to it like the first floor is kind of like this these white walls the second floor has like these brown walls and has like a lot of this like flame equipment you have like an ice level you have like a green foresty level which i truly appreciate it and it's just it's actually really interesting to me that all these maps are pretty much the same size because they they try to add so much variety in this very constrained space and it makes sense this is a tower each floor should be roughly the same size you shouldn't have a much bigger floor at the top and you shouldn't have a much smaller floor at the bottom right unless it's kind of like a stylistic thing like oh it's an underground basement it might be a little bit smaller because it doesn't really matter yeah so you go through all these floors and it's it's amazing it's a maze and it's not a fun maze every single level has something unique that is annoying about it i am not appreciating any of the details anymore for that's for sure i try i have been trying to play these games without maps and 
you can play it and you just get you get annoyed you get annoyed because you're no longer facing enemies that are difficult like it's not much of a challenge first of all and but it is annoyingly long and the the random encounters are annoyingly frequent so i wasn't super happy about this tower especially since it's 10 floors especially since it's maze like I did ended up end up using a bunch of the maps just so I could get through it because I was annoyed. The cool thing that did happen is that between some of the floors, there were um, like these mini bosses called like there was the Ice Giga and uh, Thunder Giga or is it Gigas? A Thunder Gigas and a um, Ice Gigas and I don't know was there a fi- yeah, there was a Fire Gigas as well. Each Gigas was like at the end of the theme section and i found that a lot of fun the one of the bosses i think it was thunder gigas pretty much almost destroyed me and that was a really difficult fight i started using items that i wasn't using before that challenge was a lot of fun i thoroughly enjoyed that so those the mini bosses were were fun so this was like a dungeon rush right like you're you're going through a really long dungeon with small bosses and there wasn't a big boss at the end well i guess white dragon that was the boss, but whatever. It wasn't too hard. It really was that ice or thunder gigas that kicked my butt. Yeah, so I was going to mention that the random encounters do discourage exploration. You don't want to walk around. You don't want to enjoy the level. You don't want to enjoy the, the way it's set up. And I'm wondering if that makes more sense in the NES version where maybe it wasn't it just wasn't a nice looking area and it was more of like all right well let me get through this whereas like in the Game Boy Advance version I this is just a conjecture this is like a really weird idea that just came to me in the Game Boy Advance version everything's so pretty that you do want to walk around but the random encounters just don't like you ah you can just tell my frustration with this. Anyway, well, once you, once you get all the way up to the top, you will talk to Min Wu, and Min Wu will sacrifice himself to break the seal that's guarding the Ultima Tome, basically saying like, all right, well, I'm going to use this power so you can get the Ultima Tome. I just realized I never actually, oh man, I never read the tome, and I'm already almost done with the next mission. That is a little bit fishy. What's fun is that you get a chance to go through this room that has a bunch of different orbs. And it reminds me of the crystals for Final Fantasy 1 in that you collect these all at well, you collect these all at once. They do remind me of Final Fantasy 1, but you collect them the four orbs at one at once and uh, each orb will give increase every party member's stat by 10 points not every stat but like a specific stat so like there's a water orb and it'll increase your intelligence and the reason i say this reminds me of final fantasy 1 is because obviously you had the crystals but in the original nes version of final fantasy 1 the crystals were called orbs so you were gathering orbs to summon the one last orb and blah 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 blah, right well in this room you gather all four orbs and then you activate the last orb to get the ultima tome then you step on a warp tile and you're transported outside of the tower so there are some parallels there and the cool thing that happened here is that once you leave this tower every single area gets new monsters that are like dramatically stronger so half broken you know, I'm sailing my way to Altair. Can't enter Altair. I, I know this is mentioned in the next mission and we'll talk about it, but you can't enter Altair. So you try to go to Finn, but you have to cross this huge swath of land to get to Finn. And it turns out that entire area is riddled with like sergeants and captains and sorcerers that throw death at you and kill off half your party and yes this happened to me like half my party died in a single attack because one sorcerer cast death on everybody and killed half my party fun very fun 
Yeah, but it's nice that there are stronger enemies. Now you kind of feel like you don't get the effect of, uh, you know, I'm in my original area and I can go ahead and just dispatch these super weak monsters that I struggled to fight against 50 levels earlier, right? Or at the beginning of the game. Uh, you you don't get that godlike feeling anymore because the, all the monsters are stronger, but there's more challenge. And more challenge means more experience. It means easier grinding because you don't have to grind against, you know, 200 goblins. You only need to grind against one captain. Don't quote me on that ratio. But yeah, that's about it. Then you gotta head back to Fen Castle. There are some awesome uh, weapons through the entire tower. Some uh, elemental weapons like an ice shield and a flame sword and uh, Hermes shoes, which I believe cast haste or something like that. And a black robe, which gives the magicians like really strong protection, which is so nice. And a white robe as well. And a a flame shield. And ice armor, ice lance, ice brand. Yeah, a lot of different elemental weapons. That was definitely like a fun tower, but again, like, I'm just so annoyed at the exploration aspect of this game. You know, and to, to kind of bring this all back, I, I, I was talking to a friend about this yesterday, and I keep thinking about the fact that this whole game feels more like errand running than actually playing a story so like in and 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 the main reason for that is having that base of operations that's what makes it feel like errand running and having like one person that dispatches all the 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 missions and stuff right so in final fantasy one you are not going back to any of the old kingdoms unless you need you know unless there's like a specific quest that takes you there but you don't go back to any of the kingdoms any of the cities and villages that you visit you kind of travel through the entire world and sometimes you backtrack, but it's not something that is, it's not something that happens often and it's not a key mechanic in that game. And I'm even thinking about some other games like Final Fantasy VII, right? Where in Final Fantasy VII, you don't keep coming back to the same area to ask for more missions. You travel through the world, you experience the world, you you do all these quests and whatever. In here, it it doesn't feel as good because you basically you you left Finn after you defeated to go to Mycidia. Mycidia tells you, hey, you need... You need to get a black mask. So you sail out to get a black mask. You come back and they're like, okay, now you need to go to the cave. So you go to the cave. You get the crystal rod. Okay, so now you go to the Mycidian Tower. You get to Ultima Tone. Now you can go back to Finn Castle. And it's just a lot of like fetching and it doesn't feel entirely glued well together. How is the Ultima Tome related to the Emperor? Maybe I missed something. Is the Emperor supposed to be some supernatural being? And it doesn't have to be. You could just have like a human Emperor. Emperor, That's totally fine. You don't have to have like a supreme demon that came from hell or whatever, like in Final Fantasy 1, right? Uh, where you played against Chaos. You don't have to have that, but you need more than go around and fetch stuff, right? That's... You know, that's that that's just like my my thing with this whole game. Yeah, like you defeated the dreadnought. Alright, great. You know. Too bad all the other towns are now dead anyways, right? For reasons that we'll explain in the next episode. And the Emperor is so evil, we don't know anything about the Emperor. We have no background story. We have even with Final Fantasy One, you had one big story that you're following. You don't feel that way here. You already liber- liberated Finn. That felt like a an ending, right? And it's not. Right. And um, I think in the last game, I mentioned something that, you know, hey, there's going to be, uh, I bet you there's going to be like a big character behind the Emperor. And I bet you there is. And it's just, yeah. I have heard that this is the worst of the Final Fantasy games. So I'm kind of happy to like experience it early on. And I don't think I've been too harsh on it. 
so far up until the last couple of episodes where I just got super annoyed by the constant random encounters, right? But it's not a game that I think I would uh, recommend people play. It's not a game where I would say like, hey, oh, you like JRPGs, you gotta try Final Fantasy 2. No, I would probably recommend Final Fantasy 1 for the fun of it, or Final Fantasy 4, which has a deep story and similar graphics to the Final Fantasy 2 remake, better graphics than Final Fantasy 2 remake. And it's like an SNES JRPG, and I think it's way more worth it than this game. I, I feel like I'm I'm just so negative about this game. Like, it's not it's not bad. It's fun. The, the combat is still fun. The mechanics are fun. The system where you upgrade what you use or like you're, you, you gain experience based on how you battle is fun. I like that we have an interchangeable fourth character. I actually really like Ricard right now. So I am really hoping that Ricard is going to stay with me for quite a while, as long as possible. But we'll see how that goes. I don't have much else to say. Like, I, I think I've gone through the story pretty well with this game. I think I've went through, you know, the different mechanics of this game. It's, yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk next time when we go deliver the Ultima Tome to Finn Castle. If you like this podcast, you know, do one of those things where you subscribe to it, you leave a comment, rating, whatever. You can also follow me on Twitter. That's uh, on twitter.com slash yafpodcast. That's Y-A-F-F podcast. And you can follow me there for fun tweets and stuff. But outside of that, see you all next time.